Welcome. To Arcade Audio. nerds and welcome to another episode of shared history history what's in your wallet probably a bunch of history <laughs> i don't know what are you supposed to keep it in a wallet um you know remember when people used to put little photos in their wallets oh and they I mean, had, had those you... things that folded down it's like here's 12 pictures i've got a photo album in my wallet that's a little bit of history have i sent you uh, one of my old senior pictures during this during this trying time no Oh, okay. I'll send you a letter soon that has an old senior photo in it. I mean, you sent me like a beautifully cursive, old-timey letter. Mm -hmm. Like every time you write me a letter, it's like, Dearest Cassandra, it has been so long and I eke the days of the whatever. And then you do a wax seal. I do do a wax seal. Uh, This is why I can't believe that I haven't sent you a photo to remind you of me while you're on the battlefield. (laughs) Because I've done that as well. We're going to stop talking about ourselves for a second. I'm your host, Natalie Younger. I'm the other host, Cass Maher. And we have, oh, I have to look up how I said I was going to introduce you, good sir. We we have, I'm so prepared. We have on as a guest today, the one and only TV movie expert and host of the podcast slash YouTube channel, Lifetime Uncorked. It's Patrick Serrano. Hooray. You did it. I did it. <laughs> That's exactly exactly what I told you to say. I'm like, do I say it now? Like, do I intro myself? Like, I'm totally fine doing that. But, you know. Nope. I've, just I feel like waiting on you're the host. me to be prepared. Yeah. Anytime anytime I introduce myself, I say, it's the one and only. You know, that's a great way to just say about yourself and not have someone else yeah. say it. Hey, it's always true. No matter if you're saying or someone else's, yeah. you are the one and only you. So that's Own it. Like, important to know. I love how now, is this episode like an after school special? or like because that was very heartwarming and I feel like we all learned a lot and we haven't even gotten into the history it's well, all about self-affirmation and after school specials it's true don't do after drugs school specials ties into what I'm going to talk about today so you guys we're like already on 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 brand oh my god oh my god what a beautiful segue it's it's like I've done this before <laughs> it's almost like you've done this before I, can I ruin your segue though I oh, have a quick okay. question yeah. for you just off the bat this is the podcast where we make people do research and then and then join us and do our homework for us do you like history or are you here against your will so you know blink twice i am here uh, a willing guest i am not being held at gunpoint (laughs) this is my choice and my body my choice okay um but history wow like no 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 (laughs) I don't care about history at all. I love to hear it. We love to hear it. I took a medieval history class my senior year of high school for some reason. And we all had to do a report on medieval history. And I made a video that was a reenactment of Pat Benatar's uh, (laughs) Love is a Battlefield set in medieval (laughs) times. So that's the type of history I do. I mean, that sounds like great history. We're going to need to get a copy of that so we can put it on the social 
social media. It's on VHS. Yeah, not... I don't know. My teacher, <laughs> my teacher took the the tape and was like, "I'm gonna keep this." That's <laughs> isn't that great? I love when your work be that, and when a project that you did not care about then becomes like the teacher's example for the next year. Exactly. I'm like other students must have seen that video as long as VHS was around, which wasn't long. This is true. Well, then I I'm happy you're here, but also sorry to do this to you. But we've found on this podcast that even if you aren't a big old history nerd like Cass and I, and let's be clear, Cass and I love history. We don't know shit about shit. Literally nothing. Um, We know absolutely nothing. We have to do just as much research as our guests do. But we found that like there are fun little nooks and crannies to history that you wouldn't think about being a history class. Like instead of medieval history, like let's I don't know. What are what about... do all the different flags mean? Like everyone yeah, had a different like, like flag and shield color thing. Yeah. Like we've done like the history of tap dance and the history of roller skating. Everything hot has sauce. a history. Oh, I love hot sauce. Everything has a history. You can bend it to your will. True. <laughs> Is that how history works? I don't think so. I mean, it kind of is. The victors choose history. Wait, what's that? History is written by the victors. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, I mean. As they say. And my middle name is Victor, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. It's not. Hey, I... (laughs) I believe it. You look like middle name Victor kind of gal. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I'm very excited to talk about the topic. Do I reveal the topic or do you have to guess? Oh, <laughs> Ooh. oh do you wait, want wait. us to guess? I mean, we'll I, try to. I feel like it's not hard to guess considering what my podcast is about. And, oh, that's true. You know, is it the history of TV movies? Yes, it's the history of TV <laughs> movies. You guessed it on the first <laughs> try. Gold star for me. <laughs> Natalie, I feel like you cheated. Uh, she's been a guest on, on Lifetime on Court, so. So, you know, she might have figured it had something to do with Lifetime. I also had the distinct pleasure of being a guest during the holiday season of Lifetime Uncorked, which words cannot convey what that meant to me. I love TV Christmas movies. Well, so, get ready. They're all coming back this year. There's like 70 more. So come on. And only half back. of them were filmed on Zoom. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're all filming. Actually, right now they're all filming like with their masks on and the, the actors can take it off while they're filming their scene but then they put it back like they're risking they're risking their lives risking their lives for for us for art that that shocks me because i feel like lifetime movies have notoriously low budgets um and maybe not lifetime movies but like made what i'm picture when i picture tv christmas movies have notoriously garbage budgets and i know that the covid guidelines for on set are very expensive to implement but they they can't miss out on that ad revenue they can't they just can't i mean if you think they had really cheap fake snow before it's just gonna be like paper just shavings just start shredded it. shredded masks it'll all be cgi snow because you know they have to like pick the snow back up and like re-throw it up like that's that sounds my like a COVID biggest nightmare. It's like my biggest pet peeve in lifetime christmas movies is how fake the snow always looks that's that's the hill you're gonna choose see, to oh, die see, on? you know what my only all qualm right. of all the qualms it's the only one i'm i'm always just taken aback by the sheer population of people named joy cherish Carol, and Christmas. And Christmas. <laughs> Weird first name, Christmas. Holly, you know. Holly. They got them all. Yeah. Present, ginger woman. <laughs> you know. All these things. They got them and all. They all, all own names. a bakery and have to save the town. It's weird. Yeah. Absolutely. They're all very busy with work and don't have time for men. But you guys are starting at the end of TV movies. 
like I'm taking it like way back. Way, way, Ooh, way. I'm so back. excited. Okay. So do I just start? Is this what I do? Just go. Yeah. Oh, jump yeah, in. Just, so just we're talking in. about the history of made for TV movies, and you're like, how far back could they possibly go? Like they are TV movies, right? You know, like maybe the eighties. No, no. They go like all the way back to the beginning of TV. So it's like, uh, what year did I say? Nineteen fifty seven is is the first official TV movie. So like put your brain back in like the way back machine. I love Lucy was like over, okay? So, like, that's, like, TV heyday. You're like, oh, I love okay. Lucy. Like, the honeymooners, like, that type of stuff. It makes sense. Like, that's what they filmed, like, on a set, like, a mm-hmm. single single location with a live audience. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to step it up in, like, the 1950s. So they were doing, like, these, um like, live musicals, you know? Like, Julie Andrews oh, okay. and like, um, My Fair Lady. Oh, who's the, the Peter Pan woman? Mary Martin. Mary Martin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Martin, you know, you had all those type of TV movies that that are actually or not TV movies like made for for broadcast or something live mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. broadcast movies, which had a resurgence with like Carrie Underwood and The Sound of Music or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say who the was perfect the, who, Maria. Did, who did the Peter didn't they do Peter Pan? Yeah, with the train Brian, Brian Williams, Williams daughter, daughter. Allison Williams. <laughs> I love that you both of us immediately were like, it's Brian Williams daughter. It's you know, Brian whatever Williams her name daughter, is. whatever her name is. I don't know. Oh, she yeah. was in get out oh bry why but those were still not technically made for tv movies they were theater produced for television right Mm -hmm. so this i don't know which network but one of the major three like abc cbs uh, nbc decided like we're gonna pre-produce the movie it'll be a musical and that musical was called the pied piper of hamlin oh yeah yeah. oh yeah the pied piper i know classic not a very classic but i brought a clip today I'll, I'll play the song and maybe it will jog your memory because it's just a classic song that everybody knows, you know? It's like so fun. They succumbed unto my charm and I soon quelled that alarm. And your rodents, I am confident, will have affinity for my fine instrument for they are music lovers and they'll want to hear the concert I perform on my pipe. Okay. So, Great patter classic, song. I was going to say classic patter song. Such a patter song. Uh, basically, it's like the story of the Pied Piper. Of like, who apparently was from Hamlin? Getting the getting the rats out of Hamlin, I guess. I mean, who knows? Wait, is what... that what the Pied Piper story was? Yeah, he like he was... plays the little flute to get the, the mm-hmm. rats out of the town. I knew he had a flute, but I didn't know it was about rats. Rats are a problem in every major city, even back in the whatever times. What a problem in Hamlin. Such a problem. <laughs> you know, those rats of Hamlin. The you mayor of Hamlin was like, rats gotta go. Not anymore, though. Not an issue anymore. Right. He fixed it. Thanks, Piper. Yeah. That's why the story is the Pied Piper of Hamlin and not the rats of Hamlin, because there ain't no more rats in Hamlin. <laughs> well, history is written by the victor. By the exactly. Pipers. Well, it was actually like a really popular story, like in the 50s for some reason. When the movie first aired, it was like a huge success they were like oh my god this was like very successful because the guy the main guy who you heard singing his name's van johnson and he was an mgm contract player big star in like the 1940s like you know with like ginger rogers spencer tracy katherine hepburn like he was like with all those clark gable he was the the number two man in like a bunch of movies with these people, but his star was like waning. It's like 1957 or whatever I said. History. And like, I don't know, when you're seeing a major star, think if it was like today, I'm trying to think of like Bradley Cooper was all of a sudden mm-hmm. in like a 
a made-for-TV movie. You'd be like, oh my God, Bradley Cooper, Ooh. I love him in The Hangover, or whatever. And you'd watch it. Well, it was so successful that NBC aired it on like a Thanksgiving. They aired it like on, on a Thanksgiving thing. They re-aired it for like so many years after it was like a Thanksgiving tradition. Of just Pied Piper? Just the Pied Piper, the first made-for-TV movie. Crazy. I, I just love that it was his star was waning and then he did a made for TV movie. <laughs> I remember like, I'm here for this journey. I remember in like, I'm going to age myself here. I was born 1990 and like in the, the early mid nineties, that was kind of the end of the made for TV movie. And I remember, well, at a, that was before like DVR or anything. And it would be yeah. like, Oh, they're doing this movie. We have to stay in on Friday night and whatnot. And yeah, I remember when like a big actor did a made for TV movie. It's like, ooh, mm, their career is not doing super well. And I felt sorry for them. Yeah. I mean, Me, it's a, this it's a little major child. thing that like it, it's a, a the TV like stench is like such a real thing. Like a movie star doing a TV movie. You're like, ooh, what happened to their career? And that's kind of like how it goes like for the next like 10 years in TV movies. Right. Like. You have like major stars like being like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I guess I'll do a TV movie. In the 60s, they had like, they they moved away from like the movie musicals. And then they actually started doing movies made for TV. And the very first movie, according to Wikipedia, is called See How They Run. Sounds fun, right? It has a... I, is it a caper? I brought the, I brought the description. The description Thank reads... <laughs> Three orphans head for the U.S. unknowingly carrying important evidence pointing to the existence of a corrupt international cartel that has been that has just murdered their father. <laughs> the cartel is desperate to retrieve the evidence. That's but, a lot of plot in one synopsis. I know. I was going to say it sounds like a Mary Kate and Ashley movie until the parent died during it. <laughs> yeah. The, I feel like Mary Kate and Ashley movies often already only had one parent. Yeah. It's a very Disney kind of thing. Like, mom's Mm -hmm. gone. But when you said the title, I thought it sounded familiar. And then you read the synopsis. It was like, oh, nope, never. Maybe you're thinking of like See Jane Run or something like that, you know? Yeah, probably. Um, But this one starred John Forsythe from Dynasty. So, like, the head of like Dynasty. So, but he was also like a falling star, like coming to TV to do a movie. And that's like the theme that we have coming, like, for the rest of time with TV movies, you know? Catch a falling star and put him in a lifetime. Never Isn't isn't John Forsythe? Oh, no. I thought that was uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston's dad because he was like a big uh, soap opera star. And I didn't I don't think his last name was Aniston, but maybe it was. I don't know Jennifer Aniston's lineage, but I'm pretty sure that (laughs) sounds good. I just looked it up. I'm it's disappointed. Not... I'm disappointed to learn this about you, Patrick. I thought thought I knew you. you know, I have the whole family you. tree right here. <laughs> oh, I see. Wow. Why Why didn't I see that before? It's on this It's on this huge uh, projector screen behind me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So, yeah. So TV movies in the, si- the 60s, like throughout the 60s, more were like adaptations of theater. So like they did like Tartuffe and like my... Uh, mice and men uh, kiss me kate like that type of stuff like but produced for television so like not live broadcast but produced for television because this is like the heyday of theater right like we've got i don't know i'm trying to think of like tennessee williams and all this stuff happening on the big screen you know but on the small screen you're like well i guess we'll just 
no one owns the rights to Tartuffe, right? Let's make that for TV. That's public domain, right? <laughs> exactly. Molière's still dead, right? I want the next... I want the next the next big NBC musical where they get the Brian Williams daughter to be Tartuffe. Right. I will never call yeah. her Allison Williams. It's Brian Williams' daughter. <laughs> exactly. I was in a production of Tartuffe and I was the understudy for the lead character and he like this is like sad. He like tried to kill himself and oh. I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know any of my lines. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I hope this guy gets better." And he oh, did no. and, it, and it was fine, but it was like very strange. I'm like, "Oh my god, that just like came to me." That was like a flashback. I'm sorry. I must be having like a PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Take a moment. Take a moment. Take a sip <laughs> okay, of wine. I got my wine sippy cup. Let me just. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so then we're heading towards the 70s, right? Groovy times. Very fun. What's interesting about the 70s is we pivot. Okay. So we had fallen stars, fallen TV movie stars. And there are some that come back. Like I think Barbara Stanwyck was on like every 70s TV movie, you know, just like doing her Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> thing or like Joan Crawford's in there like smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes like it, you've seen Mommy Dearest but we also have a phenomenon of beloved TV stars trying to earn some credibility by doing TV movies this is a, okay. a new category right so the first one of these that I could like really find that was like truly shocking was Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched so you know she's like beautiful like very mm-hmm. talented actress like theater background and she gets stuck in a witch comedy show you know for years that show went on forever forever there was two darrens that's not fair for her <laughs> it's like we got rid of the first darren can we get rid of me now can i just like go live my yeah. life can you just please recast me yeah samantha no you don't <laughs> recast her they have her in it forever but when she gets out it's the 70s okay she's still beautiful and young and great she does a movie called A Case of Rape, and it's Elizabeth Montgomery getting raped. That's it. Holy and, shit. And you're like, oh, no, Samantha, just, like, twitch your nose or whatever and, like, get out of there. And, like, people, like, couldn't fucking deal. Oh, can I curse on here? People, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People- I'm just thinking, like, you think of TV movies, you think of very, like, wholesome. Like, this is, like, before the watershed hour, so we want to keep it kind of, like, pg but also the 70s was a fucking shit show of a time. They're like, Caligula, like, let's do all the crazy shit in movies. Yes, you have Jodie Foster being a 13-year-old prostitute and taxi driver. Like, yeah. okay. like No what's rules. Go- what's going Wild on? Wild West. Totally. And it was the same for TV movies. They were sensationalizing everything. So you had Elizabeth Montgomery. She's doing her uh, rape movie. She's doing her Lizzie Borden movie. But also there's like, Linda Blair from The Exorcist is like being a teenage prostitute or Eve Plum is uh, also a teenage prostitute from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my what? God, since what the network, here. what network are these on? These were so like around. I wrote FXX. down like all the all the titles of like NBC. I think NBC was the first one to do it. They'd call them world premiere movies. And then ABC had a movie of the week. NBC had Monday Night Movie. It just, it just seems, it feels so, those themes of movies feel today just so lifetime specific. Yeah. Or very um, cable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, watch them and they're like, if you've ever seen the movie Dark, Sh- or not the movie Dark Shadows. God, that's a terrible movie. The soap opera Dark Shadows from like the 60s and 70s. Like, mm-hmm. it's that. 
that production quality. So they're bad Ooh. production. They have weird music. They are like have candelabras for no reason. <laughs> that's that's my favorite. My favorite in in like Lifetime and made for TV movies is ve- the very clearly we couldn't afford a song we would have had to pay rights for music. Yeah, uh, it's like an organ. And- an organ yeah. playing. And, and then poor, bad editing is my other favorite <laughs> lifetime movies. Absolutely. I brought one more synopsis from the 70s for you guys because this yes, one yes, was yes. so fun. Um, Cloris Leachman. Love her. Love her. Sign me up. <laughs> she was in a movie called Someone I Touched. Okay. Ooh. Now, if you had to guess, what would you think this movie would be about? I mean, rape? Inappropriate no. touching. Okay. Good guesses. Both wrong. <laughs> Here's the is closely an angel. What is happening? Here's this. Oh, touched by an angel. That's not till the nineties. Um, <laughs> here's the synopsis. A woman finds out that after years of trying, she's finally pregnant. Her elation is short lived, though, when she discovers that her husband has been unfaithful and has contracted a venereal disease. Oh my god! Someone I touched. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Seems like it was more, it was educational. Well, after school special. That's more the 80s, and we'll get to the 80s. Before we leave the 70s, there's one more movie I have, I would be remiss to talk about because it's the one TV star who successfully took the bridge from TV to movie star from a TV movie. Can you guess who that is? I know who it is in In the the 90s. In the 70s. Um. Oh God. I don't. I don't know. Is it Tom Hanks? Oh, good guess. I love that actress. <laughs> oh, 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 actress. Um, we're only I'm talking. It's on... a TV movie. We're we only talk yeah, about only... I'm blanking female, on TV on female. the 70s actresses. Okay, it is. Oh my God, I forgot her name. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> no, no, no. It is Sally Field. Digit. So, or Gidget. Gidget. She was Gidget in like the early 60s. And then she got stuck in Flying Nun forever and was like <laughs> mm-hmm. a very chaste person. And like in that, in a Flying Nun outfit, it was wild. She starred in a movie called Sybil, where she has, I think, 17 personalities. Mm-hmm. Try to, oh, here Sybil, was it made for a TV that's, movie? It was a made That's where for I'm TV at. Movie. I had no idea. Because oh. I've seen Sybil. I had she no won idea an Oscar for that. Or she was nominated, she won wasn't an, she? She won an Emmy. Oh. Emmy. Makes sense. So this was like her big thing, right? She's like proving to everyone that she is an accomplished actress. She can do this. Like give her a chance. And she had to prove herself in a TV movie that was really crappy. And she still did a great job. Like we've. how have we all seen that? That's so weird. Hey, Cass. Yes, now. Would you say you wear your love of Iowa on your sleeve? You know what? I, I would actually. Is it because you regularly shop at Raygun? Oh, you mean the greatest store in the universe? The most important clothing store the earth has ever seen since the early Mesozoic era? The one that started in Iowa and now has stores throughout the Midwest? Mm-hmm. That's the one. Yeah, I do own a lot of Raygun products, specifically ones that brag about Iowa. So yeah, I guess I literally wear my love of Iowa on my sleeve. Cool. Just checking. Did you know that this podcast is sponsored by Raygun and that Raygun has stores in Des Moines, Chicago, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Kansas City, Omaha, or you can shop online at raygunsite.com? Yes. Yes, I know all of that. Of course you do. Use promo code SHARE-YOU-LATER to save on your next order. You don't need to be obsessed with Iowa to shop there and enjoy their stuff. But it never hurts. (sighs) 
That's raygunsight.com. Promo code share you later. I haven't seen it, but like everyone knows about Sybil. Oh, I've seen Sybil. Sybil. I don't know why I've seen Sybil. I brought Here's a clip of Sybil. Oh, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm going to pull up my clip while you're talking. You pull up your clip. Here's the thing about good acting and shitty movies or whatever. Like everyone talks about like Meryl Streep's the greatest actress of all time. Yeah, da, 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 da. Well, she has really fucking good material because she's Meryl Streep. So everyone wants to give her the, you know, give her August Osage County. Give her, I can't think of anything else. The Devil Wears Prada. The Devil Wears Prada. But you give me an actor or an actress who can take garbage and like you just love... Judy Greer is one of my favorite examples. She is, she wrote a book called You Probably Have Seen My Face or like I Bet You Don't Know My Name or something. She in like the 2000s heyday of rom-coms was always the best friend. And she's Mm -hmm. in everything and no one like, everyone's like, oh, I recognize her, but no one knows who the fuck Judy Greer is. Mm -hmm. Anytime she was on screen, Catherine Hahn did this too when she was in like the best friend role. I'm like, you are literally only here to serve a purpose for like five minutes and then get gone. And I'm like, I want to watch you. Basically, yeah. Judy, Greer, Judy Greer's book is called I Don't Know What You Know Me From. Yes. Also, uh, thank you for bringing up a theater school to Paul University alumni. Is she really? Oh, wow. Let's get her on the show. Let's Absolutely. get her on the pod. That would be amazing. She could talk Ooh. about flowers or something. Honeysuckles <laughs> are really hard to find now. Okay. Well, I had a honeysuckle plant in the backyard and it died. So I can agree. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I have my clip. Um, I'm just going to play a little bit uh, from Sybil just so you can kind of hear the Emmy winning actress Sally Fields making her transition from TV to movie star. They're, they're everywhere. No, you keep them away from me. I will. I will. I will do it. I will do it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Sybil? I hate Sybil. I hate her. Who are you? I can do anything. I can do anything I want to. Okay. You get the idea. I feel like that's just a clip of all of us in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But that's also like the whole movie. And like, if you read her book, like Sybil, Sally was working through some like trauma in this. Like she had a fucked up childhood herself. So like, you really see it in the the screen. And even though it's a TV movie, like she transcends that like stigma and like turns it into something like really incredible. The movie, not so great. She's great. Yeah, I love that. Because she's Sally fucking feel. Speaking of multiple personalities and acting real good, I, what was the movie that James McAvoy was Split. in? Split. I heard the movie wasn't great, but even just watching clips of him, switch, they said he was like, what, 32 or 64, some multiple of that characters. Mm-hmm. And like, I, again, I didn't see the movie. I heard it wasn't great, but he was phenomenal in that. Switching personality is difficult. Oh, yeah. And just one correction for myself, because I'm trying to not say split personalities or multiple personalities. Disassociative identity disorder is yes. a new term in the 2000s or whatever we are United in. United States of Terra was about that. That's actually, yeah. She They talk a lot about dissociative, mm-hmm. per, uh, dissociative identity disorder. It's hard to remember how to say it. I'm like, I have to like literally look at it to say it. My brain can't, can't do it. Also, I feel like just the word dissociative in general, I feel like I just kind of I don't know. I'm just going to yeah. say a bunch of S's and slur through it. Dissociative. In my notes, it's 100% misspelled. <laughs> so. As long as it's spelled the way that you want to read it. Okay. Whatever works for you. Flashing to the 80s. We'll be in the 80s very briefly, and then we'll get more towards 90s. So 80s, what we need to talk about is what Natalie mentioned earlier 
this is when we get our kind of like PSA movies. Like, we're going to teach you about bullying. We're going to teach you about eating disorders. We know everything. We're TV. <laughs> let us let us raise you. We're TV. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was raised on TV. Exactly. This is how I got obsessed with TV movies. This is why I'm a TV expert, because I literally would come home and watch this shit and be like, okay, I feel like I really know about being an abused woman in a, in the house and how to like get out of that situation. I think I could handle it. If I ever find myself in that situation, I'm going to be able to get out of it. There's so much, and, and still in, in made-for-TV movies in the 80s, they're still taking a lot from plays and turning them into TV movies. Like, Extremities was a play like about an abused woman that became like a Farrah Fawcett vehicle where she locks a, a man in a fireplace and sprays him with bee, bee spray, hornet spray, and then like okay. ties him up and abuses the abuser. They get, they get dark in the 80s. Like, And Farrah <laughs> Fawcett, I would say, is the patron saint of the 80s uh, TV movie. Like, think about it. She came into, like, Charlie's Angels was, like, what, 77, 78? She was only on it mm-hmm. a couple seasons before she was like, I'm too famous for this. I'm out. Tried to be a movie star. Failed. Came back to TV movies in the 80s, right? Her big thing was called The Burning Bed. If, have you ever seen The Burning Bed? No. It's really, really good. And I had a, a person come to my college and talk who like was an actor and he was like, you would think Farrah Fawcett is like the stupidest person and like a terrible actress. But when you see her on film doing like the most minute movements, like on on film, reads on stage, mm-hmm. it doesn't. So like she couldn't really do theater either, but she's like a genius on camera actor. So The Burning Bed she plays a battered housewife named Frances Hughes and it's based on a true story. This is another thing that TV movies are starting to do, right? They're taking true stories and turning them mm-hmm. into movies. So uh, the movie, it's about this woman and she uh, murders her husband who's been abusing her for years. And it's about like the trial. Like she literally sets fire to the bed. That's why it's called The Burning Bed. And there's a scene in the movie where, and it's like very iconic, like seared in my brain, where he is abusing the beautiful, beautiful Farrah Fawcett, like in a little negligee, like nighty gown, crawling on Mm. the floor, like away from the man. And he has a pan of bacon grease and he's like holding it over, holding it over her. It's so suspenseful the way that it's shot and filmed and like, you know, just really gets to the terror of what it's like to be an abused woman in in your own house, in your own kitchen, with your own fucking skillet. Yeah. It's wild. And like, this is why TV movies are important, right? Because they can really tell stories that you aren't really going to get to see anywhere else and and that are expanded to so, like, a huge audience. Like, the audiences for these were millions and millions. Like, not, like, 5 million. It's, like, 40 million people. People who might not come across it or it may be an abuse victim is it just happens to be on television and she's like, fuck, man, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't want to be the burning bed woman. I, like, got to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's so hard to get out of an abusive relationship, but that that simplified it way way too easily. But yeah, but you know, but it, it brought it, awareness to it because people exactly. don't talk yeah. about that. Exactly. Well, and like the awareness of like this isn't normal, and also I'm like not alone, sort of thing. Yes, and where this kind of like you know abuse is really hard to depict. Well, I mean, Lifetime is notorious for depicting a terrible, but. Uh, TV movies of the 80s also really were obsessed with eating disorders because eating disorders were a new phenomenon. Karen Carpenter died in 1981 and her death 
no one had heard of an eating disorder before. They didn't know what the fuck that was. They were like, why would she stop eating? I don't understand. Just eat something. And that's not how it works. We did, um, on Lifetime in Court, we did a whole series about eating disorders because I have suffered with an eating disorder. And, you know, it's very important to me that these movies growing up, I would watch them and see like, oh, I'm not alone. But also, oh, these are really like how-to guides Mm -hmm. for how to have an eating disorder. And they're so problematic to like look back and see so many movies in the 80s and 90s about this topic. I brought a clip today. Meredith Baxter Burney, another TV movie legend. She's been in, I'd say she's been in the most TV movies ever. (laughs) She plays a bulimic and the movie is called Kate's Secret. And her secret is she has bulimia. But she doesn't know. Secrets out, Kate. <laughs> Secrets out, Kate. And and you know, I always say on my on my show, I'm making fun of the movie, not the 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 topic, not the actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a scene where she eats an entire sheet cake because she has no control. Like when she's binging, she just goes into a different place. And there's some interviews with Meredith Baxter Burney about how she like met with eating people with eating disorders and like learned about it because it was something that no one had ever heard mm-hmm. of. It was just so interesting to see that depiction. So I brought a clip of, of how these movies are problematic, right? Because they're written by men, they're directed by men, and th- there's a lot of mansplaining going on in these movies, which drives me crazy. I know I'm a man, but come on. <laughs> it's so annoying. You, you could still be upset by mansplaining. Yeah. I feel, I'm like, uh, is me telling the history of TV movies mansplaining? I don't know. <laughs> we invited you here. This is what I'm here to do. But <laughs> so my clip today is just to show you like the crazy mansplaining in these movies. And here we go. We use laxatives or diuretics. What do they have to do with my car accident? It has to do with the results of your cardiogram and your low potassium level and your swollen jaw and your bleeding gums and the fact that you have bruises on your knuckles that look a lot like teeth marks. Sticking your fingers down your throat, Mrs. Stark. I have to sit go. D- just sit down. Now listen, if you want to kill yourself, you do it in your own time. Not in my hospital. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Doc. And that's supposed to be the part like, oh, the doctors are going to help her now. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with this movie? But also, thank you, Doctor, for giving teenage me a, uh, a how-to guide. Absolutely. I, I think you have to think about it as it's explaining the symptoms of an eating disorder because the general public didn't know what they mm. were. So they're like, look for this, look for this, look for this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, my daughter has all those things or my son. But that's a whole different topic because um, people don't think men have eating disorders, but they do. So they do. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like the way and these movies are shown in health class. Like there's a Calista Flockhart throwing up in jars. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Wait, 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 wait. What is that? Did that it, come out in the 90s? Yeah. It's called The Secret of Mary Margaret. So many secrets. I feel like because Calista Flockhart. Or Mary Flockhart Margaret's was... Secret Life or something. Yeah. And she is also a binger and a perjurer. And she throws up into jars to hide them from her mother in her closet. I feel like I remember hearing about that or something. It is a prolific health class put this on and leave me alone movie very problematic as well honestly that's probably why i've seen sybil i think i saw sybil because like a substitute teacher or like in my in like my psych class just put it on which is deeply troubling to me absolutely you should not be watching that in, that in school as ed- as education yeah no no way no no so yeah so the 80s the after school specials you know all that stuff's going on 
But then we get to the 90s, and this is where we have, like, our Tory Spellings, our Candace Cameron Berets, our very short time Shannon Doherty was doing them, but mm-hmm. she was trying to become a major star, so... She was like, I don't really want to do I don't these. have time for this. Exactly. But it didn't work out. And she ended up doing a bunch of Lifetime ones anyway. So, but yeah. And, and these ones are more ripped from the headlines, like type of vibe, you know? So like Death of a Cheerleader with Tori Spelling and Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin, huge. Mary Kay Letourneau. Mary Kay Letourneau. Do you guys remember that one? R- I remember R- watching R- that. I was kind of young and I was like, ugh. They they also like were really taking them from books too like fa- uh, face on a milk carton the fa- miss the face on the milk carton did you guys ever mm-hmm. read that I think it's like a I low I remember reading is that is that a Lois Duncan book maybe I don't know but I don't remember I just but I know that I read it yeah but very popular book so they would take popular books and make them into movies and take rip for headlines and it was kind of the end of the TV movie because cable was coming right. Mm-hmm. So this is when we start to get Lifetime coming. Woo! Enter Lifetime. And that's 1998. Lifetime starts. They have a channel, you know, going, but it was like more like a talk show, like lifestyle type of thing. And then they released a movie called Memories of a Murder. And it stars someone named Nancy Allen, who I have no idea who that is. And I've never seen this movie. But the reason I'm talking about it is because I brought the critics clip of the movie like of like what they Mm -hmm. what they like wrote about in the newspaper you remember those Mm -hmm. uh chris willem of the new york times calls the film amazingly pedestrian (laughs) danielle ruth of the chicago sun times wrote that he couldn't keep track of what was happening with the plot and Ken Tucker from Entertainment Weekly gave it a D grade, saying "Memories of a Murder" is full of romance novel dialogue. I really thought that I thought that the first one was going to go a different way because it started with "amazingly," and I thought that the review was going to be like, "It was amazingly not that bad, but it's amazingly pedestrian." Just I also love how critics like uh, their biggest like burn be like that was pedestrian. Like yeah, I feel like you hear that a lot when they're like. Ugh. You stupid, stupid play or movie. You're not highbrow enough. Totally. But this is what's great. These three quotes are why I love TV movies. (laughs) They're pedestrian. I don't know what's happening most of the time. And the dialogue is terrible. It's like a romance novel. And I'm here for it. Yeah, you hear you hear that review and you're like, so it's great. I'm like, so I'm definitely gonna watch so it. Top of my it, list. Yeah, when is it airing? Let me write this down on my <laughs> yeah. in my uh, notebook because it's like the '90s and I have to like write down when things are airing. <laughs> Let me put it on my big like family calendar that's hanging in the inside of like a, a cabinet in the kitchen. Can you imagine like being like, I have to watch Memories of a Murder tonight. <laughs> no one gets the TV in the family room. I'm watching. Oh my god. The best part was during commercials when you like sprint to the refrigerator, (laughs) grab your snacks, it's on. You gotta run back. Make sure you don't miss miss a second. I miss that rush. I love it. It's the greatest high I've ever felt in my entire life. Sometimes I try to do it in the time between episodes while I'm letting Netflix like autoplay the next episode. Skip recaps? No. Keep the recap. Keep it. (laughs) Keep the recap. Mama's got to (laughs) pee. So Lifetime kind of capitalizes on this whole TV movie thing. They're like, we're going to do it because no one else is. So they get Tori Spelling over on Lifetime. She does Mother May I Sleep with Danger, which iconic title. The movie itself, who cares? You know, <laughs> no one cares. It's a terrible movie. But the title is <laughs> Great so title. iconic. Wait, may I Sleep with Murder? Mother May mother. I Sleep with Danger. Like, mother, oh, mother May I Sleep with Danger. Mother May I... Um, 
touch my nose? Mother, may I pat my head? You know, that game. Yeah, yeah, Mother, yeah. may I sleep with danger? <laughs> Absolutely right. fucking not, right. Nancy. Mom! But the movies were so popular that like people were like, oh, we yes, we need more. We need more. So they did a Kirsten Dunst, uh, 15 and Pregnant was like the big, the big one where she's 15 and she's pregnant. Doesn't hold up. Twist. I own that one on DVD and let me tell you, (laughs) it doesn't hold up. This was probably post Jumanji then. I think it might have been right around the same the same okay. time. Yeah. Uh, because she wouldn't have done a TV movie if she was in Jumanji because Jumanji was a huge hit. Before. I was going to say, I thought she was really young in Jumanji, but she couldn't have been younger than 15 and pregnant. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we She's got range. We got Kirsten right at the, the, <laughs> the moment where she could do a TV movie. And it was for a hot new channel that was like up and coming. So mm-hmm. it didn't have the stigma that Lifetime does now. So speaking of the stigma. Around like the 2000s, because we're like around 98. So 2000s, Lifetime brands itself as uh, television for women and really like doubles down on like that whole kind of like, oh, we're all women watching TV together. And no (laughs) one knew what that meant and no one really knew what was going on. You know, it was it's like it's like the big pens for her. And you're just like, are the rest of them not? I'm confused exactly so i've been using men's pens <laughs> i must oh, change immediately no. Oh, no 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 uh but they start doing like more rip for the headlines type of things like um thora birch was in homeless to harvard uh there's a natalie holloway story amanda knox like all those type of movies and they were like okay we're really hitting our stride do well, you guys think amanda knox did it oh yes she did it okay okay natalie <laughs> Sure. <laughs> that was, I just feel like everyone has an opinion on that. And I'm like, oh, it I seems like know. Natalie does it. Do you, have you never seen Hayden Pantieri in uh, the Amanda Knox story? Nope. It will explain everything to you. It's very factually accurate. I never okay. followed anything about Amanda Knox, but I feel like everyone has an opinion on it. I was like, I really don't know what all happened, but I love seeing how everyone's like, okay, there was DNA on the knife. There was da 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 da. I feel like, yeah. That's the Amanda Knox one, like, right? The knife thing? Um, it's like she's in France and she her roommate yeah. ended up dead. Yeah. But she's like, I was sleeping. Yeah. Is Lifetime, is Lifetime responsible for them becoming like extra murder porny? Because it seems like before there was rape and there was eating disorders, but that it wasn't. Or there was like uh, like psychological thrillers or whatnot, and that now it, that Lifetime was very much like murder, 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 murder. Yeah. So the term for it would be women in peril. So women in peril movies where you have a babysitter who there's a murderer uh, calling the the house, and like the babysitter has to protect the children and that type of stuff. It's like B horror line plots, but for TV, pretty much. So or. A nanny is like sleeping with the husband and she gets jealous and kills the wife. Like there's always a nanny. Those, always a nanny. Those type of things. And Lifetime was really leaning into that in like the early 2000s, like late 90s until a little channel called Hallmark Channel comes along. Hallmark comes in. They go and fucking bring it. So Hallmark Channel, we haven't really talked about Hallmark. And I'd be remiss to not say like Hallmark Hall of Fame has at this time had been going for like 40 years. So they've been producing TV movies like probably like 12 a year, uh, basically like based on books or based on theater. 
uh, they had a deal with ABC for a really long time where they did like a bunch of stuff and like Oprah was like backing them and mm-hmm. being like, oh, yes, this movie's great. You have to watch this Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. And they'd all be like pretty boring and kind of Christian. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like Hallmark was Hallmark is all wholesome all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So whereas Lifetime is danger. Exactly. But Hallmark started like getting in. They were like, we're not going to produce for another channel. We're going to start our own network. They start their own network doing 12 movies a year for years. And then in 2008, they started producing 30 movies a year, including the famous Christmas movies that we've all gone to like love now. Right. Um, I live for them. (laughs) And when Lifetime saw this strategy working for Hallmark, they shifted gears and they were like, we're done with murder. We're going to do more like family friendly, wholesome content. They started doing Fala La La Lifetime, which just <laughs> rolls off the tongue. They were doing more like a Queen Latifah in Steel Magnolias, you know, like that type of vibe. And you're like, what is this? What's going on over at Lifetime? They're really like having a brand issue because they they wanted that Hallmark lunch money. Mm-hmm. But Hallmark was so successful. Like in 2015, they had 85 million subscribers to their network via cable so that's a huge reach 73 percent of households had hallmark channel in their house in their home honestly if i could just have hallmark channel i would do it (sighs) i just if i could customize my cable mix to be like just hallmark channel and hgtv i would do it I don't know if it was the wholesome, the cheesy, the maybe I was just being a little snobby and I was really into like film at the time. But like, I just have never been able to get into Hallmark, Lifetime, and have been a little like mean to people who who do. I was like, oh, it's so stupid. But then I watched Snow Princess like this past year and I was like, okay, like I get it. There, it's the one with Meghan Markle. Yes. Ever heard of it? There are ever heard of it? There are some good ones. Like I would recommend to anyone ever Snow Globe with Christina Milian where she gets trapped in a snow globe. <gasps> it's but amazing. now like it doesn't even need to be good. Like I get it now. Like I just want yeah. I just want simple. The world it, is is dark enough. It's comforting and this season, this Christmas season, uh you two can come on my podcast because I have a lot to cover. It's going to be a busy time and you're going to need to like step away and come enjoy <laughs> yeah. the Christmas with me. Um but these movies were so su- successful that Lifetime really doubled down and, and started doing the Christmas movies. Hallmark was like, yes, we're going to do 40 a year, blah, blah, blah. Lifetime like was still struggling with their brand like until 2016. They were doing like, do you remember when Lifetime was doing unauthorized story of Saved by the Bell? Unauthorized story of 90210. I do. Wait, what was that? That was like around like the 2015. They were like trying to like make less murdery content and and they were doing that for some reason wait but what what was what was the unauthorized saved by the bell thing basically like a behind the scenes totally (gasps) made up bad acting bad casting reenactments of full house Mm -hmm. behind the scenes or whatever like the actors when they were okay yeah i do kind of yes terrible terrible and i would get together with my friends and be like we're gonna watch uh, unauthorized memoros place tonight yeah and then we'd be like (laughs) why are we watching this this is Garbage. Terrible. But Lifetime was like, okay, okay, we are going to rebrand. In 2016, when I started my podcast, they rebranded from Women in Peril to Fempire. <laughs> Fempire? Fempire. Like female empire? To me. It's younger content focused on female empowerment. I mean, kudos to them for not making everything about 
murder and abuse and and eating disorders but i feel like that's so much of what they probably play on their channel is not re well i guess rebroadcasts of older movies that they make yeah which are always going to be what they were absolutely well and this is what's funny about the rebranding the first movie that they released under the vampire was a selena gomez produced vampire movie called eat slay love no we need to watch it i've never needed to watch something so badly in my life wasn't there like a a beauty and the beast one Oh, yeah. They had, like, James Franco up in there for a bunch of them for some reason. Like they James were... Franco? Yeah. Well, this is a movie star, fallen movie star, coming to Because I actually remember, I so I actually wrote down as soon as you said, you know, like, the actors who made it big from it. I remember watching the made-for-TV movie about James Dean in, like, the late 90s. Yep. And I remember the actor, I was like, he looks exactly like him. I grew up watching James Dean movies, so I was like, he moves like him, like, and he's also just, like, a really fucking good actor for a TV movie. Turns out it was James fucking Franco. And mm-hmm. you see his butt in that movie. That's right. That was a I, people were talking about it. Hey, you know, it was a good one. Good butt. A good butt that James Franco. Um. So, yeah. So TV, they did this vampire thing for like a hot second. And then uh, after they listened to my podcast and heard my recommendations, they went back to <laughs> the psycho yoga instructor, the wrong tutor you know all these just double down i want a bad guy i want a woman who is in trouble but she gets out of trouble herself because she's an independent woman and doesn't need no man and that's kind of where lifetime is now and it's amazing it's great you also need like a fairly misleading title yes or spot on title yeah, or two on the nose. It's got to be <laughs> one or the 15 other. Fifteen and pregnant. Yeah, it's got to be fifteen and pregnant. Or I think I think when one of the movies that that I came on for was called like Nanny Killer or Killer Nan Nan. I was Nanny Killer or Killer Nanny. Well, or those something. are two and different we, movies, Natalie. Oh, sorry. I think it was Nanny Killer because I think we kept like we kept being like, is the nanny the killer? Is the nanny gonna be killed? There are so many ways that this could go. Yeah, and I can't wait to find you out. You never know. How but- did it go, Natalie? Nope, spoilers. You're right. You shouldn't say. I mean, I you. <laughs> you can't really spoil these movies because they the endings don't matter. Nothing matters. They don't matter. And <laughs> yeah. I watched so many of them that I can't even, I couldn't even tell you, to be honest. Like, I watch, I watch at least, like, three movies a weekend, especially in quarantine now. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, so for a typical season of Lifetime on Court, you stick to Lifetime movies, right? For the most part? Right, yeah. We only cover Lifetime during the year because Hallmark during the year is just too problematic and (laughs) I can't deal. But they did have a lesbian wedding and I covered that one on the podcast because Hallmark got into a bunch of trouble. I remember they pulled that. They pulled a lesbian ad from, oh my gosh, what's the... Oh, it was just the ad? It was an ad for a, a wedding website. I think it's called oh, Zola. Yeah. Zola. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And they pulled it. They got a bunch of uh, bad press. And they fired their CEO and put in a new woman named Wanya. And she is a black independent woman running the network. And I'm like, yes, let's do it, Wa- Wanya. <laughs> I have to, like, I, I'm saying Tanya in my brain and putting a W in front of it. Wanya. <laughs> And she like really just doubled down and was like, "Okay, lesbians in a life in a Hallmark movie happening. 
done. Check mark. Gonna get some black leads in the in the Christmas season. Check mark. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. She's going down the list, being like, diversity and inclusion needs to happen mm-hmm. on this network because Lifetime's been doing that for years. They're they're not even good at it, but they still do it at least. <laughs> and that's my major thing on on my podcast and so on th- everything. I'm like, representation matters. Minorities need to be represented in all shapes and sizes. Let's get person in a wheelchair in a in a leading protagonist role who's actually uh you know in a wheelchair not an actor in a wheelchair yeah yes well and who like maybe the wheelchair isn't a plot point exactly they're just in a romantic christmas yeah. movie and they happen to be a person in a wheelchair oh there's i feel um, like what's the the chris a christmas prince is that the one that's a on prince Netflix? for christmas i know that because sam hewen is in it who is an outlander and my entire family is obsessed with sam hewen that's not the netflix one that i think that i'm talking about oh, you're talking right. about that the one his... with the girl who is uh who is in a wheelchair in a wheelchair <laughs> yes. never mind but who it's not it's not a plot point it's not uh, although there is a point where the prince like swings her around by her arms and i was like very concerned for her yeah like i don't think we uh, should be doing that i don't know we don't there was this seems unnecessary there's this british i think it's a netflix series or hulu or something and it's not it's not um made for tv hallmarky cheesy or whatever but it was so great they there's this actress who like until halfway through first episode you see her a lot she's one of the main characters and you don't realize she's in a wheelchair until like halfway through and it's literally just because like it wasn't a reveal it's just they like panned weird or whatever and then you're like oh she's in a, a wheelchair are they going to mention that and they literally never mention it and then you're like yes that's oh, amazing i guess we don't need to talk about it well because and they just give her her own character arc in, go figure in movies and and just in in public like depiction of people who are disabled, we all have a stigma with it where you don't even realize that you're like, oh, I need to know what happened to that person in the wheelchair in a movie. Like, why do we need to know that? That's not our business. And it's, is it any way... Does it anyway affect the plot? Yeah. No. It's it's actually her name then is Then we don't need to know. Her name is Ruth Madley Madley. Um, and the show is called Years and Years. And I actually really liked it, but I had to stop watching it because it was like talk it was very much trying to mirror real life and it's like, oh, it's set in the UK. Oh, America just got a shitty president and oh, all these horrible human rights things are happening. And I was like, this is just this is too real and I just can't watch this right now. But I love the representation. Yeah. It's amazing. She's also a phenomenal actress. I love that you bring up um kind of like the state of TV movies just in general like tv in general is kind of like what is tv is a netflix movie a tv movie or is it a movie movie they don't play by the same rules sometimes they release stuff that is like a tv movie like the typical tropes of a tv movie but other times they're releasing falling in love falling in love with christina oh my god i loved it uh, me too. Love that movie. But you also have like Charlize Theron in like an action movie. And you're like, this isn't yeah. a TV movie. I don't understand. I think that's where we're at now. Everything is all melting together. And there's not such a stigma of, of 
being a movie star versus a TV yeah. star. Like you can kind of do whatever you want. So it, it's an exciting time, especially for like a lifetime or like a Hallmark. Like you could get like Dolly Parton in a in a movie for what? Why not? Just put. They got yeah. Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig for some TV movie, and and everyone's like, it's is it supposed to be kitschy and cheesy? They're like, no, they're just doing a made for TV movie, and they're like really acting it. Well, what but I it, loved it about didn't that read is that. Well. They actually love Lifetime, so they were just literally doing a Lifetime movie. Yeah. But the audience, this is what, what we're saying, right? The audience expects these movie stars, Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, to be doing a certain thing. So if they come in, into Lifetime's world and try to do that, you're going to be confused. You're like, I want her to be funny. I, yeah. I want him to be funny. You're waiting for the twist. Exactly. Like you're waiting... It's a. I haven't covered that one on the podcast, and I. It would be so hard to talk about. Also, Brian Safi's in that, and I'm like Brian Safi. I can't take seriously ever. Like he hosts the podcast Throwing Shade, and he's just like so ridiculous. But he knows them from Groundlings, so of course he's gonna yeah. be in the movie. You know. Yeah. That one would be so meta to like talk about and break down because the like the concept of like low budget kind of shitty acting, but then you have these high budget, good actors, comedians, and you're like, are they acting badly because of the material? Are they acting badly because they love the movies where that's bad acting? That Yeah, yeah that would be are really respect- hard to break apart. Are they playing the genre? Yes, And the exactly. genre has come to be synonym- synonymous with a certain type of performance. That's what I think so interesting about Netflix getting into like making things that, like that. Yeah, things that like, it's not just a made for TV movie because it's a movie that was made for TV because that doesn't mean anything in the streaming world. That is in and of itself a genre which when Netflix got like started and started streaming specifically because I used to get the DVDs <laughs> didn't we all uh, I've stolen a DVD from Netflix it's fine Ooh, uh, you're in trouble you better redact that know. from the podcast allegedly uh, allegedly allegedly <laughs> allegedly we're covered we're I, covered legally yeah asterisk hey Nat what you been up to during the pandemic oh god eating mostly Oh, like cooking and eating homemade meals and stuff? (laughs) No, like ordering delicious sweet treats and cakes from ECBG Cake Studio. They make specialty cakes for all occasions. They make wedding cakes, they do custom cookies, they have all sorts of sweet treats you can order and pick up. Don't they also do online baking classes? They do. So I guess I could get more hands-on with my baked good habit. While Natalie stops salivating, you should go visit at ECBG underscore studio on Instagram and their website, ecbgstudio.com. But I used to, I used to say like, I haven't had cable for years. And I was like, the only thing that I miss about cable is HGTV and, and yes, Hallmark holiday movies. And both of those things, like finally Netflix started basically creating their own HGTV type shows. I feel like they're not as good as what I want to watch. On. I think I just like watching HGTV in hotel rooms. That's the only channel I put on in a hotel room. Yeah. But then Perfect. they're doing like they're doing their own made for TV Hallmark style movies. And I Which they kind of just started doing like the past yeah, like year last, like, or so. Because I years. remember well, especially when, when Netflix started 
streaming and doing their own movies it was like they were getting some like big name directors and stuff and they're like we really want to legitimize this it's a great way to get more you know a broader scope or get different Mm -hmm. you know players in there and everything and so it was kind of taken like seriously like we're gonna make really good material now they're like intentionally making low budget stuff and i was like yeah wait they're just putting hallmark on netflix it blew my mind it's lucrative. I mean, but it makes you sense. Want that content because people people demand it. If you're a fifty year old Karen wanting to watch Hallmark, but your husband cut the cord, you need something on Netflix to watch. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is this is what happens. Like everyone's cutting the cord, so Netflix has to get in on that game because Hallmark's not going to license out their movies. No fucking way. Lifetime's not licensing out their stuff. Lifetime itself doesn't even produce that many movies. They acquire stuff from independent producers who are producing stuff for Netflix. So they get the vibe. Mm. If they don't get picked up at Lifetime, they're going to sell it to Netflix. It's wild. I've been learning so much. I've been interviewing um, a lot more like people behind the scenes, like writers and directors and stuff of Lifetime movies. And like it is a hustle to like get your movie onto that channel. It's wild. I love it so much. Guys, I just let's get our movie on lifetime let's start it right now let's do it what's it gonna be about give me a title the wrong scientist secret (laughs) the wrong the wrong secret secret oh that's so good love it love it love it but it's not about a scientist at all no it's about a nanny no 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 (laughs) it's about a nanny in the cold war era yes it would have to star vivica fox miss vivica is in all the wrong movies uh, if you don't know, I was featured in Oprah Magazine talking about Miss Vivica, and we're basically best friends now. So if <gasps> you, uh, if can you, you give us an intro? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll intro. She retweets me all the time. I'm like, oh, Miss Vivica's my best friend now. <laughs> I'm too scared to get her on the show because she would totally do it, and I'm like, I don't want to. I don't. I'm like that's you have too to much do it. You have to do it. I'm not an interviewer. Like I always say, like uh, when I'm interviewing people for the show, I'm like, hi. I'm like, I'm not Connie Chung. Like I'm not here <laughs> to ask the hard hitting questions. I'm just talking. I'm just a person in my house, you know, who's watched too many films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way too many. I've been doing like one a day in quarantine to like build up my back catalog on the blog and. My brain is is broken. My brain is broken. <laughs> it takes a lot out of you. It really does. For the holiday season, how many? Because for the for the holiday season, you do the Hallmark ones and you do Lifetime's. I'll say it. Lifetime's kind of limited selection of <laughs> holiday yes. movies. Yeah. How many are there? Because I know that they've announced it, at least for Hallmark. How many are there going to be this year that are new? So 40 new ones at Hallmark and 30 okay. new ones at Lifetime. Holy shit. In the time yep. of COVID. So 70 starting uh, right before Halloween, the movies start. So that is my big time. That is when I'm working all the time. That's why we had to get you on early. That's right. That's right. We're like, we'll record this in at the end of August. I have my schedule with all like the the titles and I get all the guests on because, you know, it's a lot. To you cover. have all the titles already. You know what they're all going to be. Um, It should be coming out very soon. Um, oh, God. I haven't compiled my list, but but the info is out there. It's a whole process. Got it. It's wild. And yeah. then you have you have all the stars. You got Tia Maori. You got anybody you could think of who's like a former TV star. 
They're probably in. Yeah. If they if they used to be in decoms, oh, they're yeah. probably. Oh, what's um what's Chrissy Carlson Romano doing right now? You know, she is a missed opportunity, but I think she's too thirsty for it. Like she's on YouTube like doing cooking videos. I'm like, "Really? Get out of here, Didn't, girl." I thought she did something in the past few years of like trying to come back like a TV movie or a TV show or something. She no? should. She should. I mean, she was a big even Stevens, yeah. I'd say she was the star. She was even Stevens. Yeah. And yeah. Shia LaBeouf was in her shadow, <laughs> but now she's in Shia LaBeouf's shadow? That's sad. Can you imagine what it's like to be in that shadow? I know. Fucking I Ashley, weird and I dark. I thought Ashley Simpson had it rough, but I think <laughs> I think being Shia LaBeouf's shadow is way worse than being Jessica Simpson's shadow. At, at least Jessica Simpson's like the sun. Shia LaBeouf is like a candle. He's just he's just an odd, odd man. He's an odd man, but an I wouldn't odd... kick him out of bed. Okay. <laughs> You heard it here first. He's kind of hot in a weird way. Uh, he's yeah, he's hot. He's hot and he's hot in his weird little shy way. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. Exactly. I mean, we all saw the little the little Sia music video and his little nude onesie running around. I get it. it. It's my screensaver. No, I'm not obsessed with Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. You gotta say it fancy. But, but maybe you should be. Maybe I should be. If he was in a Lifetime movie, I'd care. Let's get yeah, him in a Lifetime will, movie. Would you Would you care about him as much as I know that you care about Candace Cameron Bure? Oh, no. Candace is number one in my heart. And by number one, I mean I hate her. She's terrible. She's Kurt Cameron's sister, right? Yeah, she's a, Ugh, she's yeah. a real bad, not a big fan of him either. They're bad people and they yeah. hate everyone and they think the whole world's going to hell except for them. So, you know, we'll see when we all die where they end up. But I'm pretty sure I know where they're going. <laughs> and they'll be hanging out with the starkest mascot. Oh, boy. Yeah. What? Those commercials wound my soul. Candace Cameron Bure is uh she's the spokesperson for Starkiss Tuna. Tuna? Because when oh, you think I was thinking Candace Cameron Bure, you think t- Tuna. <laughs> you think Tuna. I was thinking Sunkiss, the orange oh, soda. Yeah, no. She's like... too good for that. They got Jody Sweden for that, you know. They're like <laughs> Jody, your meth is gone. We want you to do Sunkiss now and just really get in there with the juice. She's like juice. Like, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, boy. So what a full, full, full schedule you're about to have, my friend. I thought you were going to throw in a full house joke. And I was like, <laughs> wow, you really went there. Missed opportunity. Just um, like Shia LaBeouf. Or it will be. Crazy Carlson Romano. It will be a full schedule, but I'm here for it. And, you know, it'll be fine. I'll just, like, get my wine and hunker down. Turn on the fireplace. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it, actually. In in the year of 2020, a little, we, we could, could all use, use Christmas, Christmas 70 mindless. Christmas movies. 70 new Christmas movies. Hooray. Wait, so you said. That's what we needed. In the, when they, when Lifetime and Hallmark were kind of starting to pick up steam, they started with 30 movies a year and then did 40. How many movies a year did they do generally? Minus so, COVID times. For Hallmark, 40 isn't a year now. It's just for the Christmas that's now, my thought. They're doing probably like closer to like 120, 130. Uh, if you break it down through the calendar year, there is not a weekend without a new movie on either Lifetime or Hallmark. At least one, sometimes three new that's movies. That's insane. A weekend. So, yeah. How do you keep up? Uh, I have a DVR. <laughs> Uh, I, I've actually been live tweeting during COVID times, so that's been really fun to, I mean, I hate Twitter and Twitter is garbage place and you shouldn't use Twitter, but 
it's actually but follow Patrick but follow Pat- <laughs> Patrick Miguel um, or at Lifetime Uncork because I couldn't add the ED um, on Twitter because there's a character limit whatever <laughs> um, but it's been nice to like be tweeting along with people and a, a lot of black Twitter watches Lifetime so there's nothing better than black Twitter yeah black, black Twitter gay Twitter and weird Twitter are like the only Twitters worth being they should just hilarious not allow anything else there's, <laughs> they really there's should. one woman her name's Lori on Twitter I don't know her at but she watches Lifetime movies for salt and vinegar chips and she screen grabs them and posts uh, when salt and vinegar chips are in Lifetime movies, which happens more than when more than you'd think. Wait, she just waits, like watches for she when just... someone eats salt and vinegar in the movie? Yes, and it happens more than you'd think. I've seen it happen in quarantine since March at least five times. Oh my God. What That's a, those I love things. this like very This is niche. what Twitter and the internet does. It's like you don't realize these weird things and then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, you ever notice Here's a super cut of all of this? You salt ever notice that they eat a lot of salt and vinegar chips? I'm gonna I'm gonna document it. I mean, I would have never noticed that because I But it also al- brings you joy now. Attention. <laughs> yeah, it does bring Doesn't me it joy. bring you joy every time you see one now? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Not Lori Laughlin. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> Man, just not not great people coming from that full house cast. Nope. Nope. Ugh. Only Jody. I'm telling you, it's only Jody who's a good person in that cast. Okay? We only I can have see eyes that. for you, Jody. And actually, she's in a bunch of Hallmark movies now, and she's really good. I gotta say, Jody Sweden, she's perfect. She nails this a genre. She knows what she's doing. She's America's She's America's real sweetheart. Is she? Or is yes. she made-for-TV movie genre America's sweetheart? I mean, people don't care about Jody Sweden in the TV movie <laughs> universe. They're like, more Candace, more Candace, more yeah. Lacey Chabert. We love Lacey Chabert. <laughs> there can never be too much. Oh God, it's a it's a dark place, but you know it's where I am and it's what I do. I'm trying to make it a full time gig now. I'm like, all right, I got the advertisements, got it going. It's very brave of you to make this sacrifice and do this tough work for all of the rest of us. I, you guys, the have Lord's inspi- work. You've inspired me. Like I'm like, should I write a book about TV movies? Like I like reading about the history. I'm like, I think I could. I actually have seen a lot of these movies. And like even going back to like the 60s where we were talking about like the mm-hmm. TV movie, like the made for movie musicals. Like I watched Leslie Leslie and Warren in Cinderella. I wore that Betamax. Yeah. I wore that Betamax out. I know every line. I know all. I know everything about that movie. And that would probably be like my first, not technically made for TV, uh, mm-hmm. produced for television. But that's kind of what got me into TV movies, I would say. Because it's well, wait, a gateway yeah. drug. Are we, are we talking about Brandy Cinderella? Brandy Cinderella, different thing. But yeah. also a made for TV movie. But that was like, that's... I didn't realize for the longest time that's they took Rodgers and Hammerstein's stage musical. No, it's not called that. It's called Brandy Cinderella. It is its own thing. It is Brandy Cinderella. I love it so much. And you so want to talk good. about like diversity, inclusion, like so many different niche groups and Whitney Houston. Come on. Iconic. But we it's just we everything all, about it is perfect. We all have that. We're all lucky enough to grow up in the generation where like we hit like peak peak tv movie time like they had refined it and we got the best of the best other people had to sit through the pied piper of hamlin okay for years <laughs> for nothing but pied piper on thanksgiving for years they're like this is what we get but it's on tv so we'll watch it 
also respect Which them is... trying to bring back like you know with the, the Carrie Underwoods and the Sound of Music. I respect that. It's just it's not it's not working. No, it's it's very bad. So that's mm. why we have uh, Lifetime TV movies that are bad but fun. Yes, they're yes they're perfect just the way they are. Never change because they're not trying to be something that they never will be. Yep. <laughs> They know. They understand their like place in this Lacey world. Like Lacey Chabert. Like Lacey Chabert. <laughs> oh, that's not mean. <laughs> a fallen movie star. A fallen yeah. movie star. She could have had. She could have had Rachel McAdams' career, but she ended up at Hallmark. She could have been not. Regina George, but instead she was Gretchen Wieners. Gretchen Wieners is a really fun character. I mean, like, wait, that's Lacey Chabert, right? Yeah, she like. Yeah. Well, okay. It's so sad. Like she, Kate, she got out of TV. She did Mean Girls, and then she went back to TV. Such a great role, though, too. And none for Gretchen Wieners. And none for none, <laughs> none for, for Lacey Chabert. Chabert. Uh, on that note, you already discuss. You already mentioned the the dark, dark place that is Twitter. Um, remind everyone where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram. Well, and on YouTube because you're on YouTube now. Of course, I just started a YouTube channel because why not? I'm just sitting here in my house and might as well. Uh, Lifetime in Court is available on all platforms. We're at, at Lifetime in Court. You can visit our website at lifetimeincourt.com and you can follow me at Patrick Miguel. Uh, I don't really post. I just post like pictures of me. So if you want to see like my like little cutie self, then that's fine. <laughs> but but <laughs> and whatever. We do. Yeah. And we do. Um, but the YouTube channel we release on Mondays at 2 p.m. We cover a new movie every week and it's just me talking. So if you happen to watch a Lifetime movie and you want someone to talk to about it, drop in those comments. I will talk to you because please, someone talk to me about these movies. I'm just watching them by myself. <laughs> I have so much knowledge <laughs> and opinions to share on them. I do. And people come out of the woodwork and like the comment sections are like really bleak. So I'd love some like support and like nice people and not like weird people like weirdos that are scary. Oh, <laughs> the internet is a scary, scary place. I know. I feel like uh, my life is a lifetime movie and like I'm setting myself up to be stalked like very hardcore. So, you know, I'm very ready for this. I've trained my whole life for this, but I, I am 100 <laughs> percent sure I have a stalker out there somewhere. So hi, your stalker. movie could be called. Doing... OK, thanks for listening to this um, wonderful podcast. Your movie could be called A Lifetime of Movies. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh man. Oh man. Well, now we have we have to we have to wrap up this episode so we can start writing. All right, guys, I'm going to start storyboarding. Let's I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> since we're talking about the socials, you can find us as you know, we'll we'll post some uh we'll post some visual aids for this story over at Shared Pod. We also ran into a character limit. Uh, so we're at Shared Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any questions, corrections, or suggestions, you can email them to us at sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. We didn't feature a charity today. Patrick, do you have a charity that you want to shout out? Um, the America Heart Association. Hell yeah. The American Heart Association. Uh, am I missing anything, Cass? Oh, Captain Mike. Casting. Um, we've got uh, we've got a lot of merch. Um, we trying to get rid of. I'm not trying to get rid of it. We just have it. Also, um, if you could leave us a review on on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, that's super great way to to get the pod pumping. Um, and if you do, we'll be sending you some goodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you leave us a uh, a review on Stitcher or on Apple Podcasts, take a little little screen cap of it. Send it our way. 
uh, and in a DM on Instagram or Twitter, and we will send you a treat through the U.S. Postal Service. Wow. Go buy stamps. Yeah, go buy stamps. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think I think that's all she wrote. Patrick, thank so you so much time. for bringing yeah, this into our lives. Thanks, guys. I was really, like, not a historian, but I feel like I might know something. <laughs> You're a lifetime historian. Yeah, you made me feel very smart today. Everything is history. Everything is history. There's a history to everything. Uh, Until next time. Share you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.